1: plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Hello, Egg Chasers, and welcome to another Egg Chasers Rugby podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, We are here to dissect Six Nations Round 3 in what has been an extremely eventful forty-eight hours or so of rugby union. Uh, I'm Tim. JB is right there. Hello, Timothy. Philip is right there. Hello, Tim. In a in a blue bull shirt. Well, uh, uh, a camouflage bull shirt.
2: A- surprised you can see me in this. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> this is this is an ode to the Bulls
0: after they beat my beloved Canes mm. with a late try. Um. Yeah. Uh, I want to start. OK, so obviously, thank you for listening. You know where to find us. Hit subscribe because we will have a, a domestic-focused podcast coming in, in our feed wherever you find your podcasts um, in, in a couple of days' time. But I want to start, and I think we, it's only right to start with the big game, Scotland... England. Scotland eight, England 43. England women's side totally dominating (laughs) their opponents. Charlotte Pierce cutting some serious angles and going over the whitewash. Great, we've dealt with that game then. What next? (laughs) No, we don't need to talk about Scotland England any more on this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, well, you know what? I'm going to kick it off by being a smug and I'm going to say you were warned, unfortunately. Um, And I think... It just sort of proved what I had suspected that all the winning had papered over the cracks, and people weren't taking the situation seriously. And I'll give you an example: Owen Farrell's lack of tackling ability uh, was really—I thought that I was fairly well exposed. Um, England
0: have got some work to do. So let's just, let's just let me just stop you for a second. So JB, you're saying. Um, that what happened on Saturday was as you warned would happen. Well, no, because I actually thought <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> because don't go, don't I don't go, actually... on anymore. Let me, don't go on anymore. I... Let let me just because um, Charlie Balfour has uh, done us a job. He he's tweeted us to at Rugby Podcast a quote, and I'm just going to read out some quotes from last week before we go too much on about downfall well, 2018. No, no, I told you, I, no, I will happily tell no, you. No, why, no, let me read out I an injured just, win. Just let me, just let me read out some quotes. Um, Phil said last weekend, uh, last week. Uh, on the podcast in relation to the Scotland England game, quote Phil, they have got really dangerous backs. And if Finn Russell actually plays well, it's on. Uh, Tim, I said last week of this game, quote, the Scotland back line is impressive. This is a big test. And then I also said, England's penalty count is the issue. They have to sort it out big time. You're right there, Phil?
2: Yeah. Mm. I'm just uh, holding up a sign to JB.
0: Yes, okay. Um, (laughs) And and then JB's quote. So I said um, that uh, the Scotland backline is impressive. It's a big test and that England's penalty count is the key issue. Phil said the Scottish backs are incredible. I said they would grind them into dust. JB, quote, um, when (laughs) Phil said it's on, JB said, well, it's not really, is it? I'll tell you why. It's the quality of England's pack. I just think the pack is so strong. That's where Scotland are going to struggle. England will grind Scotland into dust.
1: Well... I, I'm still actually amazed thinking about it that it did happen, <laughs> the way it did, um, because it was almost too perfect. Um, the English, the English pack. You-, you look back at it now, you would still probably pick that pack to beat Scotland. I don't think the pack yeah, is inferior, y- in in any way, shape or form. Mm.
2: Well, I w- I will just caveat that the athleticism that England's pack lacked was exposed. Yeah, well, is it athleticism? Would you well. Say? That's where I'm, I'm pointing it down to, and that's probably a catch. It's probably a lazy catch-all to say they were simply not quick enough to get to the breakdown, mm. and when they got there, they were getting there in ones and twos, and they weren't uh, explosive enough to drive past the Scotland players Look, who, who were I'll exceptional tell, yeah. at the breakdown.
1: I'll tell you a man who they missed mightily, and I'm just saying this because I said you know he might show up in, in the match day squad, but is that not the job James Haskell does so amazingly well?
2: Well, you did say one of one of your predictions, and I, I counted uh, five predictions that you made last week. One of those predictions was well, would...
1: it's all very well counting predictions. If you want to count the predictions, put them on the damn board. Well, no, these were your <laughs> predictions. <These> were... <laughs> I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only happy with the ones on the board. Uh, well, don't. that's why it exists.
2: So your five predictions included James Haskell will definitely start because he's Eddie's number one.
1: Uh, no, because Eddie Eddie. Does prioritize um, athleticism. It looks like they they did need him.
2: Well, they needed someone in that back row, and I, I think what they I, this highlighted that against a back row that is smaller and more athletic, you can't afford to play three locks.
1: It's so difficult. I I I, I simply didn't see this happening. Um, no, based on the performances of the last few weeks. But having said that, the warning signs were there, and we've spoken about them at length. And I think yeah. the, the Farrell thing is baffling to me. So, I think you
2: you definitely deserve credit for two things that you have been saying for some time. One of which is Owen Farrell's tackling, uh, which is something we both said last week. Uh, the other one is the stagnant and stale England attack. Yeah. Which, besides the Owen Farrell try, and they had a couple of breaks, but besides that, England's attack Dreadful. was not good. Well, it was garbage against Wales too. Uh, the 20, first 20 minutes, it was good. We, I, I say good. They scored two tries, I mean, first 20 minutes. England
1: look happy to me to grind out 20 phases and hope they just push over the line slowly. That seems to be their strategy. They don't have an attacking strategy. No,
0: I, I think they do. Uh, and it's this... George Ford doesn't seem to know what to do if he doesn't have his four men in that diamond around him. Yeah, mm. the, uh, the
2: one coming hard, the, the option out the
0: back. That's, that's all they have. And... Uh, see, how I put this... I've watched the game again, and... My thought when I look at England is actually they were just brain dead. And exactly. I wonder, and, and I think back to Italy in last year's Six Nations when they didn't problem solve on the fly. And that the, the sort of, I don't know whether it's, I don't know, what, I'm, I'm not suggesting this is, but I don't know whether it's overcoaching or a lack of rugby intelligence or a lack of leadership. I don't know what the reason is. But last year against Italy, to take 765 minutes to to, to work out what to do when Italy came up with that little fox yeah trap and then what happened this weekend is Scotland played two sevens uh England had their little attacking pattern which actually needed them to commit more men to rucks to blow Scotland away from the ruck and they didn't they tried to do it with just one, one or man. maybe two men yeah. ma- mainly one man yep. and they kept doing the same thing again and expecting a different result and they, yeah. they actually worked it out in the second half and they looked much better in the second half. They started committing more men. They started running a little bit narrower and harder and um, and, and as a result, England d- dominated the, the second half, but they just did not work it out. And it's the same defensively. There's been a lot of people saying about England's narrow defence and, oh, look, it got exposed. Yes, it, but England do have more than one way to defend. And in the second half, they changed. But they changed too late when they'd already lost three three tries. True, true, true Who's true out tries, there yeah. identifying these things well, and making changes on the fly? That's what worries me about England. Yeah, I've got a few thoughts on that. So
1: how I think about rucking is... It's not really that important for the man supporting. It's the man taking the ball up. And when you watch England and they're playing in their most brutal style, they're not doing the absolute basics they need to do in order to free themselves up on the floor to make it easier for the, easier for the next guy. Uh, I I always refer to it because, uh, basically, I heard some coaches up in Glasgow talking about it and it makes a lot of sense, the, the 60-40 rule. You know, 60% of the work is done by the guy on the floor. So I don't think it's necessarily... In case of yeah, the guys can over, it was it was
0: it was one guy up against either Barkley or Watson, who were absolutely I mean, outstanding they, on the floor. I mean, they you should be able to win that. No, well, well, they, well, they, but you're you're just it's it's a risk you don't need to take. If you blow yeah. if you blow out the the ruck, commit more men, then it it negates the the threat that those two sevens pose. Um, but and England did do that in the second half, and they were much better. But they didn't. So, they just worked it out way too late. They're just the other thing, brain dead. The other thing I'd say as well is if the attacking pattern, and <laughs>
1: I call it a pattern. Um, if there is something Which involves him going through multiple phases Because that's all I can see him doing going through, going through multiple phases If you've got two sevens on the field Who are really good at the breakdown Why are you creating more breakdowns You're better having less more precise breakdowns which you Which, which you can work from and that's what I don't know if that's what England's
0: plan is. When you look at the, the tries they scored in the Italy game, there was there were quite a lot of lineout balls, set moves with that four mm. with with the, with the, the with, with, with the balls going behind. Yeah, but that's when they look most incisive. This is kind of what I'm I'm, I'm picking up a theme maybe, which is George Ford looks uh, like he's really comfortable when he has his diamond all organised and off off first phase or second phase, which is all planned. Yep. But actually. <laughs> It, 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 which means it's like when it's well coached and they know and and they know what they're all doing, it, it looks great and it works brilliantly. And that Italy try, I can't remember which yeah, one it was.
1: I just don't think you should be basing but, oh, no, performance on Italy. Look at Wales Rob. No, no,
0: no, Italy. no. I'm I'm saying it as, as an extra thing. I'm like people are going, oh wow, look at that amazing move against Italy. That was a set piece move um, off, off of a line out. And actually, what I'm saying is, I, I I think when I look over last year's Six Nations and look at that Scotland performance, it was just a, a real a lack of ability to change mm. on, on the day.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much so uh, flexibility is actually in Eddie's system allowing them to change as as well.
2: Well, I don't know about the flexibility, but I I agree with your point about um going in in ones and twos. Now, you can if 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 the ball carrier we need gets to. if the ball carrier gets the front foot ball and gets a yeah. dominant carry then one man can clear it out. Yeah, he gets the floor
1: quick and he rolls and all the, you know, the basic stuff.
2: Yeah, but England weren't getting that dominant break line, gain line hit. They were getting stopped at the gain line because Scotland's defence was very good. But then, because there was only one man clearing out, you, you had nothing. They should have identified that much earlier. And they did it for a period in the second half. But even they got turned over twice in the last five minutes when they were, when they still could have got a bonus point or earlier on when they still could have scored a try and they got turned over and gave away penalties See, because is, even in the 75th minute even in the 78th minute they were still going in in ones yeah, ones they, and twos
1: this is a great example isn't it of like how rugby goes in cycles because back rows are getting were getting bigger are getting bigger Courtney Laws in the back row probably is, is a symptom of this then all of a sudden it's going to revert back to actually you do need do need people people on the floor, and then they'll get bigger, and they'll get used to dealing with people who are on the floor, and it will just go on. inside. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were saying it was a genius strategy by Australia to have two sevens. Then they get battered for yeah,
0: well, the and next and, 12 and actually you look at Scotland, and they did the, the consequence of them having Watson and Barkley is they weren't very threatening with with ball in hand, no. or winning the game line battle, and and they didn't. No,
1: but you don't need to win the game. And they don't need to be great at winning the game line battle if you know the midfield of England is so soft
2: and well we we said one of the points I made last week on your quotes was if they can get parity in the forwards their backs are as dangerous as anyone and they didn't try and beat so England tried to beat Scotland up up front and failed Scotland didn't try and they just tried to get parity and that laid the platform for Hugh Jones to have a sensational performance and Finn Russell yeah absolutely sensational
1: yeah, uh, if. <laughs> um, I will just say this, <laughs> I, will, I will say this last thing. Do you know what Owen Farrell's tackle count was this week?
2: Well, so I I know not only this week, I know for the past two years for England what his tackle count has been.
1: So it was made five, missed four. So I had a look to see if this was like, maybe I'm just being harsh, maybe I'm being an idiot. No. Uh, Brad Barrett, who plays in a very similar system to, to him, and Augustod missed one tackle today. I think got eighteen. Uh, Hadley Parks missed two, uh, made eighteen. No one, none of the inside centres in the France game missed a tackle. I don't think um, it, it is fairly unique. And I, I, th- I'll go back to what I said originally. The winning was paper overing the cracks of not good, of not particularly good performances. And when I thought England were really in trouble, was when they went down because I've, ne- I've never seen them come back really. So on on the
0: defence. Um, so just before just before we do any more, I think it would be it would be important, and anyone Scottish would be thinking that we're 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 underplaying what an outstanding performance oh, it was. We're no. not. It was it was outstanding, and I think you could almost it's almost it felt like the inverse of the Wales game. Whereas Wales, they were trying all these things, and nothing came off. They tried it, and it all came off. That first half
2: was. Mm. So Eddie Jones was comparing, in the week, was comparing Scotland to the All Blacks, and that first half particularly from Scotland was as close to All Black-esque as you could get. Yeah. E- everything worked for them. They, they were sensational. I don't
1: really understand Hugh Jones. I don't know how he does it. Oh, he's he, always scoring. I mean, someone he, must have watched a video of him at some point to work out what is he doing different
0: than <laughs> everyone else. Well, the... The, the try where he, he bust down the left—that um, th- was just, uh, you know, Finn Russell will try that pass ten times and nine times it won't be so perfect that Hugh Jones can run onto oh, it that, at full pace and yeah.
2: that when they broke out basically yeah. they're on twenty-two. It was, it's it was
1: sensational. It, what impressed me about Finn Russell, just as much as his general play, was his kicking. His kicking out of the hand. Some of them. Yeah. Well,
0: and England's kicking game was awful. So th- mm-hmm. that, awful. That is a really
2: good point that England took on Scotland in the kicking battle. And were sorely beaten. The, Scotland's yeah. kicking from from Hogg, from yeah. Laidlaw, from Finn Russell, who dropped back, and numerous times from Peter Horne as well, yeah. who kicked intelligently.
0: Versus how many times did England kick it and you gave Hogg 20 metres of space. Yeah, just kicking
2: aimlessly down Hogg, Seymour, Hugh Jones' throats to either return an intelligent
0: kick or run it back. And they're great at punishing. <laughs> well, they did. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Scotland is uh, a huge credit. And there's one other thing which I just want to—I—I've I, been really looking forward to saying this because I—I I mean it wholeheartedly. Any criticism of Nigel Owens from an English perspective massively unfair um, he was loose in his style but I like that about him he lets the boys play generally he, does. he might have got some decisions possibly wrong maybe there was a knock on here or there um, and that's fine but I just want to say and I would just think back a couple of weeks to England-Wales and if you're I'd say this to a lot of people that Um, I saw on Twitter and who who had a chat to me from a Welsh persuasion I want to say about Nigel Owens he may have got a couple of things wrong but it would not have changed the outcome of the game the best team won so it is not even worth taking any time to complain about the minutiae of any decision Mike Drop Agreed absolutely agree couldn't agree more Mm -hmm. and there have been a few uh, English
2: fans on social media complaining let's not give them the, the time no good
1: um Okay, so I've got a question for you. Is downfall twenty eighteen a real thing now? Uh,
2: well, one swallow doesn't make a summer. Nope. No. But uh, some some of the points that you <laughs> <laughs> bless you, me. you're really struggling today, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so some of the points you have made uh, are valid. The the two that I mentioned before, the blunt attack, definitely, the attack has been poor in the Six Nations, uh, apart from the Italy game, which is. It doesn't tell you very much, Yep. And so I, I will just briefly go into the Owen Farrell defence because yes, it, it is a point that you made, um, and a few people on Twitter have been uh, disagreeing with you and saying it, it's the way that Saracens play. Yes, it's, the, not- way that, it's the way that Gustard, and that, so that is definitely a thing. So Saracens do make the, the,
0: the, the try, for example. That was never Farrell's fault. The Hugh Jones, yeah. Uh, I think it was really, yeah, it's not his man it it- it actually was his man, it was
2: far, it was him coming an in inside line. He left him because he thought Nathan Hughes was coming across, but Hughes didn't come across, yeah. there, there was no one outside. there was no reason. I've watched that over and over again. There was absolutely no reason why Farrell couldn't have stepped in, and it was a double man smash yeah. because there was no one outside Hugh Jones, Hugh Jones was coming from Farrell's outside shoulder to his inside shoulder. Farrell could have completely there stepped in, smashed him. Oh, but see, he didn't. I,
0: I read. I looked at that and read. Thought that's Hughes's man. But Macovanopolu Maco was Hughes, Maco was ambling to the defensive line Hughes, inside Hughes. Hughes should have made the tackle. Yeah. Uh, but there, there is
2: no reason why Farrell should not have stepped in. And I, I think uh, when you, if, if you were up,
0: dissecting that, you go in. You could have stepped in, but he wasn't
2: your man. Well, that's where. But, so I think he was Farrell's mm-hmm. man. I think he was, so. When you he immediately line when him you're off, close
0: to your line, you blitz it anyway. You hit whoever's there. Well, on that one, when
2: you line him off, it was Farrell's man. He could have left him if Hughes was coming across, but for me, it was the wrong decision. Mm. And it's very easy to say that with Tell hindsight.
1: Me, yeah. Tell me about the stats.
2: So, Saracens do miss as many tackles as anyone else, but because of their swarm defence, it works. And so, Scotland
0: yeah. missed, missed more tackles than England.
2: Yep. Yeah. But, so, I've I've looked at this. So, last two years of Brad Barrett playing 12... In that Saracen's Mm defence Compared to the last two years of Farrell playing 12 for England Yeah Brad Barrett in that defence has missed So he makes one missed tackle for every 10 tackles that he completes Yeah, that sounds about right What do you think Owens Farrell?
1: I would say it's more like 60-70% to So I'd say he's missing three for every 10
2: Three for every 10, Tim? Uh, uh, Yeah, I'll go with that uh, he misses one tackle for every two that he makes. Bloody hell! So he he misses one in three tackles, whereas Brad Barrett is missing one in el- eleven. Oh, so, one in eleven.
1: So I'm not far off.
2: Uh, well, you said two if, different things, didn't you? Uh,
1: well, if it's it one, it doesn't, doesn't matter. If it, if, it, if it's one in three, it's about six percent.
2: Yeah, but then you said three in ten.
1: Well, he makes he misses three in ten. Yeah, so seven <laughs> percent. Kind of kind of like yeah.
2: your. Uh, Downfall and then saying that England are going to win. If you say both,
1: well, if you say both directions, you're always going to be right. Let's just break this down again. Right. If I asked you who's, who is going to win the upcoming, the, the next Man, Manchester United-Man Man City game, you'd use the information available to you. You would change your opinion as and when the game came up I'm but actually, then it's just, it's interesting you that me, you don't
2: back your last opinion, no. you, you stick that's with why the
1: one That's why we have a whiteboard. That's <laughs> why you bought it, and that's why it's there. So you're going to have to live, live with that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I said at the start, start of the competition, it's going to be Ireland, it's going to be Scotland. Although, if you gave me the choice again, to pick that game again, I'd still go with England.
2: Uh, if, if they played tomorrow, it's interesting now. Yeah, if, 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 if they played tomorrow, played... I'd still go with England. Tim, if they played tomorrow, who would you pick?
0: Exactly the same, same team, same line-up in Murrayfield. See, this is a really interesting one because there's been, I think it's been a very lazy reaction of people to say, "Oh, England were arrogant and thought they just needed to turn up and win." I, that's just such a simplified what about, way to look at it. I don't, I don't buy that what about at all. Well, they're tired. Well, th- this is an interesting thing, and this is where potentially it's 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 not agreeing with Downfall Twenty Eighteen, but it's um, it's it's not disagreeing with it either. There is some there's, there's the, definitely
2: the, some merit to the argument.
0: The, 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 exactly what we've said before: the Aviva Premiership teams have looked really poor in Europe. Saracens have struggled yep. um, as as a club this season, and you can't tell me Maru Itoji looks anything like the player he was a year ago. Uh, He's nowhere near... As an example, and that's not criticising him per se, Mako Napola is not the player not he was ex- a year that ago. Is a,
1: that is a good example. That is I, a definitely a good example. I think those two are good examples. So yeah.
0: they, they they look to me like they just need a couple of months doing nothing, sitting on a beach. Yeah, why? They have been flogged. Yeah, and I don't understand that. I mean, they're mid-season. Well, because we're in a 12-team uh, domestic league where you can't... No, no, I mean, their yeah. actual England training has been like a pre-season. Yeah, well, that's it. They've been go. Yeah, I, 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 that's where that's I kind awesome. of agree. They've been being beasted by England. They've been, been. They're playing every um, minute that their club can get them out on the field in big European games, domestic games, because the league is so competitive. And I, and I and I do think there's something to it. There's there, there's a lot of players that are flagging, and the Irish model looks brilliant right now.
2: Yeah, there there is a, there's definitely
0: an advantage
2: of uh, the IRFU being able to dictate when players play rather than Mark McCall yeah. for example knowing he's lost four games on the bounce mm. and he has to play all of his stars because every game. Because they will
1: come back straight into the Leinster game.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely they, <laughs> they will. They have a couple of weeks yeah. They'll, yeah. they'll have Is it a
1: couple of weeks or is it the weekend after?
2: I th- I'm sh- I'm sure it's there's one weekend after. Where uh, Premiership and then Europe. Premiership and then it'll be
0: Europe. And we've got yeah. these big tests in. Is it June against South Africa? South Africa three tests in I, June. I I'm tempted and to just say board. just
1: that is, that is zero, uh, three to South, three to South Africa. three nil South Africa
0: and Some South board. Africa are probably going to have all their international players from Europe back uh, back involved. Yeah, you were saying this before. The uh, Razi Erasmus is trying to push for that for this summer and um, and for the Tri Nations and stuff and for. Or probably for the summer. And then also, there's, there's a bit of me that's tempted to say to a bunch of England players just go and do anything but rugby.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of them won't be making the World Cup. I, I don't think Ford is looking like a World Cup starter, I don't think uh, Brown looks like a World Cup starter.
2: Well, Brown did last week though. Yeah. Against
1: Wales. But he's gonna be two years old. Two years older. Yeah. Eighteen months 18 older, older than then he year. is now. And there's no immediate replacement. Oh, Anthony Watson, I guess.
0: Yeah. I'm not convinced. See, y- yesterday was a day when I would have loved to have seen Jack Knowles starting on the wing. It was that he's the kind of guy England needed, some a little terrier that's going to go looking for work. Do loads of work. Do loads, work. loads of work. Of carrying. Yeah. Carrying short off the ten and
1: yeah. They need they We're need a uh, they need a new attacking strategy asap.
2: So, so we we have got. Just to to kind of bookend the England game We've got an, another week before they play again So they're not playing this weekend But if you're going to make Let's say one or two key changes For the next game
1: It could be tactical Or it could be positional What would you do? I think they have to stick the course I think they've got to Go into the, the France game With the same mentality that they would have If they'd have won the Scotland game That's what they're good at And I don't think they can change it overnight I think it's going to have to be A process Having said that, the way that they play, they do you know what they do? Maybe this is harsh. There's a little bit of top 14 about their about their forward play. And I'm not sure I'd like to take on the best of the top four 14 <laughs> at a top 14 game. Right. And if Owen Farrell struggles with Hugh Jones running down his channel, I'm not sure what he's going to do trying to put, trying to put big shots on Bastille. That's a
0: nightmare. I want to see. But going back to what I said initially, whereas they just looked a bit brain dead and like they weren't reacting. I want to see um key players in key positions and making just making decisions and, and being smart so for that reason I want Farrell in a 10 I want Teo at 12 I want Joseph at 13 and I think that might open up Joseph as an attacking force I think you're right
1: yes. yeah I think I think that that probably is what
2: I would look to do and on on those lines in terms of decision makers uh I would probably drop Hartley as well so not not that his decision making has been poor mm. but I think He's there for his decision making, and
0: he is offering and a set piece, which hasn't been like scrum. Well, well, no, that, 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 that's, credit, was... that's credit. credit Scotland. Their, their scrum was outstanding. Bearing in mind, scrum, a yeah. McAnally, one of the finds of the Six Nations. Yep. Yeah, oh, oh, and he's drinking explosive. from explosive, um,
1: drinking from the Calcutta Calcut- Cup. Cal- Calcutta Cup. We've got a small video of
0: that. Oh, yeah. There's a wasn't there a video of um, them all absolutely smashed out in a club? Yeah. Yes. Yes,
1: um, yes.
2: Greg Laidlaw.
0: Yeah, the, most, right the well. most drunk
2: man in Scotland, and that is well, saying something. Well,
0: well, JB and I at the... Are we allowed to say... Yeah, we <laughs> well, can, because yeah, yeah, there was no videos know. or anything. There, there were some Scotland boys after the Australia win who made their way to the World Monaco. Rugby Awards in Monaco, and they were having an extremely good night. And yeah. as, as we left, there was one of them barely able to stand, waiting for a taxi. They were uh, <laughs> celebrating vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> they was, they well. were celebrating um, by... Uh, Taking over from the band That were on the stage <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> now, tell me Awesome That is that is a hell of a team bonding yeah. That, that Scotland team for, for that experience Will be so much stronger well, For also, the whole thing I mean
1: They must get on oh, I, I know they do get on quite well Because they're all basically in Glasgow yeah. you know, And that's a nice club to be at They've got, yeah. they've got their stuff together um,
0: Now just on the Scotland performance Is it sustainable? Uh, I'm going to say no um now now I, I want to give them huge credit they they played outstandingly well they tactically outfoxed england and yep. um and the things that they tried came off and f- absolute credit to them but i think you look at the wales game and you look at the england game and the there wasn't a a huge amount of difference in what they were attempting. There was a huge amount of difference in the accuracy and the execution. Execution, And that's where it comes down to Scotland for me. I don't think they're a a team that are going to advance to the latest stages of competitions because they're not going to be able to string seven performances together in a row. Yeah. I I probably do agree with that. I think it
2: is worth remembering that two years ago, different coaching structure... Uh, similar personnel but not entirely the same they were minutes away from a World Cup semi-final
1: yes they were but then last year similar personnel got absolutely battered at Twickenham oh they what was it
2: 64-12 or yeah. something like that
1: I mean very similar personnel I'm yeah actually, probably a so worse you, front
2: row. yeah actually both those things are very good examples of what you've just said Tim the inconsistency of the way that they play because they do play quite high risk rugby and if I mean, that that phenomenal pass, and there, there were multiple phenomenal passes this weekend, but that phenomenal pass that you mentioned before, from Finn Russell to Hugh Jones for his exquisite break, if that was a couple of inches either way, a, a, a foot in any direction, and it bounces, Jonathan oh. Joseph picks it up and he just canters under the post. Yep. So as, if, as
0: Gareth Davis did. Yeah.
2: So if your execution is an absolutely spot on and Danny Kerr almost did it if he wasn't pulled back Mm. yeah that kind of high risk rugby high reward when it works yeah tough to be consistent
0: well but there you go they've got they've got 18 months to to make that um to, to bed, to bed that in. To so bed in Smith. it's fantastic to see them playing the way they're playing. I, I, and yeah. and then, oh see... sorry,
1: Scotland to bed Scotland. that in. Scotland. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I thought you meant England to put it right and bed in Marcus. <laughs> no. Just in time for the
0: World Cup. <laughs> uh, anything you would change, Phil, from England? Um, it's back tough.
2: row. It was got I, a lot of attention. I would probably. I wouldn't play three. Uh, I wouldn't play three locks unless it's horrendous conditions. So I think. You need the size uh, and you want the the extra line-out options if it's pouring down and freezing cold. It was cold in Edinburgh, but the conditions were actually pretty good and the the quality of the rugby showed that. So I would want someone more mobile. And I probably would have started uh, Robshaw and Underhill in those conditions. I love Underhill. I just love him.
1: Yeah. Um, If I was England, I wouldn't play him again. I wouldn't let Bath play him. I wouldn't play him until the World Cup. Underhill he, he wouldn't play a single Second of rugby <laughs> Until the World Cup And maybe Not until may he advanced out, Outside of the group stages
0: And he's kind of the, he, he proved that With his first game For Bath That doesn't, he doesn't need to Have had loads of yeah. rugby yeah. He can have a long layoff And then just come back in Just just, just the 26 tackles
2: Yeah the, the way that he plays As well It's not like It's, it's just It's physicality And athleticism Rather than Like intricate detail And, and skill yeah, so, he's so got that, a
1: very rare mindset. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's got some great physical attributes to do what he does, but God, imagine having, imagine having those thought processes as massive men run towards you. Right, you're getting banged. No, <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's a normal sized bloke.
0: He's a, he's a man. Uh, having said about the the Nigel Owens, I'm not going to criticise the decision for the yellow card. There are a lot of people that were saying it should be a red, uh, and, I, and I understand. Yeah, that was fine. with the With the letter of the with the letter of the law, the way it is, that's fine. But it was. I just want to defend Sam Underhill. He was clearly put had his arms in a position to try and grab the ball. Uh, no mate. He, had, <laughs> like, he was trying. Oh, can you, see see the, the... you could see he had his hands like like uh... like, a, like you know like a kid doing crocodile doing a crocodile mouth. <laughs> so he had the... his hands like that, and he was targeting the ball. I'm going. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. That's okay. True.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's um, true. Do uh, you know yeah, fact? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just, just saying this because I said it in the past. I'd bring back Haskell for the France game.
2: No, mm, no. I'm not sure that'll happen. No, but England, I, England, I, England could have done with his work rate at the breakdown. Damn right they could. I, I, I do. Well, I, I agree I, with that. I don't think it was. I,
0: I don't think it was a lack of work rate. It was just a, a, a lack of bodies. They just didn't put anyone there. That, that's exactly
1: why. That's exactly why. Yeah, but he that, back in. but
0: that's a. You that's get, that's hit. a system and a brain failure. That's not a that's hit, not yeah. that's not a, that's not a skill failure. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a desire failure. I don't know that it, I don't I don't know that I agree with that. Um but fair enough. I just want to say thank you to Scotland for meaning I had a very uncomfortable um half a rugby, not just watching it, but I happened to be on this table, having had a quite a boozy brunch, I was sat on a table next to some Scots who were giving it and I was sort of being a cocky Englishman back and said I, I had a picture of Guinness and uh, said oh, you haven't scored a try here because I was just basically parroting Phil's, Phil's stat from last week's podcast you haven't scored a try against England at Murrayfield since 2004 Simon Danielli. I was impressing him with that stat I went I'll drink I'll, I'll down a Guinness every time Scotland score <laughs> so yeah. three in about 15 minutes having already had quite Hugh a Jones few Jones
2: again yeah not Hugh Jones
1: yes um. <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on from Finn Russell's excellent passing, and let's talk about Scott Williams's pass because that was uh, something quite incredible.
2: Scott Williams's pass.
1: Did you not see it? Uh, like the first two minutes, to try Which and get was... on the outside of, try get on the outside of Ireland from his own twenty-two.
2: No, oh. I missed the first two minutes.
1: Oh, it, it was the like you've not. He just he doesn't really look at where he's passing the ball. He throws it on the floor and he throws it about two feet forward. In his own oh. in his own 22. <laughs> and we'll get into that in great detail after Tim tells you about Cornerstone.
0: Yes, the best razor on the market that we believe you can get. And you can get it in a beautiful Cornerstone presentation box delivered straight to you with a cartridge full of six precision German-engineered razors, a free aluminium metal shaft with your initials engraved on it or whatever you would like engraved on it. Perfect present for someone as well. And you get that for less than the cost of a pint. Mm. Four quid to give it a go because you get a great deal because you listen to us. Cornerstone are the original mail order razor company Uh, others are trying to copy them but they haven't got that beautiful aluminium shaft they haven't got the German precision engineered award winning razors that Cornerstone have and uh, we think you'll love it if you go to www.cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or at checkout egg10 make sure you do one of those things and you will get the benefit of the offer from us. And you will get it for four quid with no obligation, although we think you'll love it. Mm, agreed. Mm. Um, yeah, so anyone watch the Wales game? Yeah.
1: Yes,
2: although I missed that pass for some reason.
0: Yeah, I missed that pass as well. It's right at the start.
1: So have you seen the first island try? Because that is a, an amazing now, pass. Now, that is... Oh,
2: so there were, there were three amazing passes. Finn Russell to Hugh Jones, Danny to and Farrell, and I think the best of them all... Was Sexton you know to it Stockers?
1: It reminds me of like a very flat rugby league pass. Do you know, they just ship it out wide Im- immediately? It was so fast. Yeah, both both the speed that the the bullet travelled, but so fast from Does touching pass him. It? Was he just? It was a spin pass. Was it? It was remarkable. So that that first try is direct result of the Scott Williams' attempt. Was it? Right. So okay. It, it comes. I can't remember where it's come from, but Scott Williams, I think, has seen that. Uh, I think it's Porter on the wing, and he's up against uh, the uh, Steph Evans. Steph Evans, yeah, that's so, a
2: match you like.
1: Yep. So he doesn't really look, and he wings it forward. It's go, It's got about three yards, fo- three yards forward, and, hit, and
0: hits the ground. But by the way, what the what are Ireland doing? That, that guys that you, you might, you'd be forgiven for not even having heard of two years ago are are looking, at every bit international players. James Ryan, yeah. Uh, Dan Levy, yeah, Chris Farrell, and you mentioned Andrew Porter. He's his tenth ever game at tight head Prop. Yeah, yeah, good, good stuff, isn't it? Just
2: ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was concerned about Porter having yeah, seen up him against scrubbage. that front row. Yeah, when he came on in the France game, he did struggle, mm. but
0: he was brilliant.
1: Well. You know, if you're good enough to play for Leinster or Ulster or yep. Connacht or
0: whoever, he, well, it is, he you're good he, to play it. he didn't want to make the transition. He resisted the the, the transition to tight head prop, apparently. Really, and cool. it's not an easy transition to make, is you're it? Well, loose head, loose head. No. But yeah, but that was at Joe Schmidt's request and another bit of genius from Joe Schmidt. Um, yeah, because wow. well, he's pretty stacked at loose heads as well. Yeah, and Keen Healy had a great
2: game. Yeah, he did. And deserves a try.
0: Yeah, James Ryan, I'd really like him. And Chris, Chris Farrell, I, I'll be—I I didn't, I hadn't seen a great amount of him. Yeah. And then he comes up with a man of the match performance and looks just international class.
1: Yeah, I've seen him a few times for Munster. and I've got to say, he doesn't look that good
2: for Munster. Uh, so I, I've I've seen him again a handful of times. Yeah but never been as impressed with him at Munster as he was there. But this is the... So, a great example of this, um, Josh Navidi playing in the all Internationals. I'd seen him for Ospreys many times, and he's all... Ospreys, Cardiff. Cardiff. Sorry, Cardiff, many times. He's always been solid, but never
1: exceptional. And then he has been brilliant, and he he got two assists in this game. Well, we were talking about a player, and we won't talk about the actual player now, but... You know, of a certain standard, and if you if you give a player of a certain standard and uh, a girl in international, there is every
0: chance that that they'll ra- that they'll raise their sorry, raise their game as Don un undoubtedly would. Don Armand <laughs> he'd, have, he'd have smashed a few rucks this weekend. Oh, he he, he probably would have won that game single handedly. Yeah, and what's happened to Keith Earls playing the
1: playing the rugby of his life? Yeah. God, I remember Keith Hills going on the Lions tour. Was, like a, was he 19 or something? In 2009. Yeah, to South Africa.
0: I actually think the margin of defeat flattered Wales quite a lot in the end. It, I, uh, so I, they, I, I thought Ireland were absolutely dominant, and Wales were... I was really disappointed with them. They came back into it well.
2: So I, I thought...
0: If if Sexton, say, if Sexton had his kicking boots, then they were yeah. out of
2: sight. He missed, what was it, eight points in the first mm. half? Yeah. Just after half time when Ireland had been dominant for a little period, they'd score again shortly after half time. You think, right, this is this is gonna be quite big. But Wales did come back into it well. And those two tries to to give them... I mean, they were three points off as it hit eighty minutes, and if it wasn't for that intercept, yeah. It w- it could yeah. have well been a Wales if, victory if that
0: looped pass had gone to Tipperick. I think it was with George North outside him. I think yeah, they, they may they may have scored, but that that would be the the concern from Ireland that Sexton looks like he's carrying a knock. He stopped kicking and Connor Murray took over.
1: Just yeah, remember what happens when Sexton doesn't play? Who plays then? Well, it used Carberry. to be Paddy Jackson, didn't it? But yeah. it's Carberry now. Oh, I mean, that must keep the Ireland sideners up. All night, just wondering about Johnny ah, but the
0: help. way the way it's going, that, 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 I'm sure Robbie Henshaw would have kept them up. But Chris Farrell, yeah, I'll do a job. Joey Carbery yep. will come in he, when he, he was in that team that beat New Zealand. Don't forget in Chicago. Yeah, he yeah,
1: Thursday was it something yep. like that? Um, yeah, uh, pretty impressive. I would say Wales are probably pretty happy with where they are. Though, I mean, obviously they want to you be reckon? Doing, yeah, obviously they want to be doing better than they are um, in this year's Six Nations. But there's clear there is clear progress. And I think they'll be very happy with us, you know, strength and depth, how how they're playing, that kind of stuff. I mean, they're not the finished article, but if you look at them, say compared to England, I think England will be more disappointed because they look like they're going like they're going backwards. I think Wales still feel like they're building into
0: into something else. Oh, I think they'll be very disappointed with with that island game. And as I say, I think that well, no one, e- even no with that even, even with even with Stocker's late try, I think the the scoreline flattered them. But
2: oh, it's well. it's interesting. I did. You've got the rugby paper there, Tim. Uh, I read the interview or the the post-match comments from Gatland. From Gatland. He said two two interesting things for me. There's probably more to take out of it, but uh, he congratulated Joe Schmidt and Ireland and he said he owed Joe Schmidt an apology because two years ago he said they only play a certain way and they don't try and play rugby. Mm. And they played some excellent rugby. Some of their passing and some of their running was brilliant and he credited them. He also interestingly said... He's going to look to use the Six Nations to kind of build an experiment. Yeah. Now, rather that... Cause well, now they can't win? Now they're... Yeah. Now that they're
1: effectively out of it. I mean, the practical the experiment looked good for one game against Scotland. And actually, what a game that is, looking back at this weekend's... Uh, looking back at this weekend's results. Um, yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, you're right. That, that result. Yeah, I'd like to see him come back into contention, though. Uh, so that that's
2: where... Having watched the game, I think that was his mistake, not playing Patchell or Anscombe at 10. Yeah. Because Bigger is an exceptional talent. He didn't have a very good game. He didn't play the open rugby that probably would have suited Wales to try and play yeah he does what he does what he does you know exactly what you're getting from Dan Bigger and it probably wasn't best for Wales in
0: this scenario completely agreed and I, I think that's it, easy to say that but if had, had, he not, had Bigger been available and not used and then Wales lost every, we, yeah. we'd be sat here going why are you leaving a class act with 60 odd caps like Dan Bigger on the bench or... and that's why it's
2: very easy for us to be behind the microphone and not making the big yeah. decisions because we can oh,
0: just if they want to give us a job. I'll <laughs> make the big decisions. I'm fine
2: with that. We're, we can just criticise whatever decision makes Wales <laughs> lose, yeah.
1: but it did. For me, that was a mistake. But Yeah, we just look through the Wales team. I think you know they're going to be pretty happy with their front row going forward into the World Cup. They're going to be pretty happy with the halfbacks. I think Dave uh, is having a storming Six, six Nations. Their back row options Back row options are absolutely stacked
0: Thomas Young has had another Absolutely incredible performance for Wasps And cannot get anywhere near the Wales squad They're they're so stacked on back row It's crazy This this back row
2: a year ago would have been Second or third choice Yeah, Because their out and out first choice Has always been I say always Has for the past couple of seasons been Warbs, Tips,
1: Toby Yeah that's Well Lydia as well uh, Not not for a few years though yeah, tips. I mean, yeah, he's not played much at all, really. He's been on the bench, has has to play when he's fit. Regardless of what style you're playing, Warburton just plays. Yeah, agreed. Toby just plays. Yeah, agreed. And then who do you put in the other one? I think Shingle's Shingle amazing.
2: is probably amazing. the one. Because Shingler gives you the line option. His handling's so good. And he's very, very athletic. Deceptively athletic for someone so kind of
1: rangy. Yeah, I think they'll be happy with their centres. I think uh, Harvey Parks and Scott Williams are you know the real deal and JD2 to, JD to come back JD2 to come does he, I don't think he not JD2 after JD. the Lions tour oh, yeah, he's JD. just JD yeah, yeah.
2: JD so,
1: but like even when he comes back for the Scarlet's as good as he is so he's going to have to work to get back into that partnership he's going to have to wait for his opportunity to get back in yeah um, and I think they're back three they like Halfpenny they like Williams and, and they like Steph Evans so, and, you, and you've got North and Josh Adams yeah. yeah being able to blood Josh Adams is very good so I think Wales would be very happy uh, 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 where they are now. If they don't progress, so the whole thing's a waste of time. But if, if they <laughs> yeah. do, they could be one serious team come World Cup time. Yeah, and and you've got another,
2: you've got more experience for your second choice, or what 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 would be your second choice? But is now your first choice from half. Yeah, well, because Gareth I, Davis finished off that try beautifully. So good, isn't he?
1: Yeah. But he gets so much stick in Wales because apparently he's not quite intelligent enough, which I don't see myself. Oh, and he's, also, he's just a good
2: all-round player. If he
1: loses a yard of pace, he's going to be a lot less less effective. <laughs> True. You still have a few yards. Yeah. But... Still, still, yeah. Still a few yards left. Uh, Rhys Webb is the interesting one. Do they somehow get him back in the fold for for the World Cup?
0: Yeah. Well, well we we can. I'm sure they can change rules however they need to. I've just yeah. just one thing. I've just um, <laughs> I've just been sent is a little screen grab. Uh, and it's two pictures next to each other. That, on the one side, as you can see, it's just jumping back for a second, but it's Greg Laidlaw holding the Calcutta Cup up to Murrayfield. Yeah, yeah. And on the other half, it's the Calcutta Cup match from a year ago when Greg Laidlaw was in the studio. <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the caption underneath his name when he first came up, I think it was on uh, BBC, was Greg Laidlaw lost to each of five tests to England. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, that video. I love that video.
0: I also am going to credit... Um, uh, Brian Moore for uh, he, <laughs> just purely for the fact that he corrected himself mid sentence to change uh, less to fewer. <laughs> he said uh, something like England of um, England have conceded less of uh, fewer penalties since in this second <laughs> half. I quite I, I appreciated the effort. He to just correct got,
1: himself. He probably just got confused. <laughs> <laughs> there are a legion of talented people out there that need to have his job so any more points from Ireland
2: Wales or shall we dive into the last game of the weekend Uh, the Friday night
1: yeah I've got nothing more to say about Ireland Wales I'm done with that the omni shambles that was (laughs) France Italy France eventually showed they had
2: enough Uh, they, they made so many elementary errors throughout this game kicking straight out from outside their 22 or the ball getting taken back in and kicking straight out um, so many knock-ons and so many handling errors uh, that the game never really got going. But France ultimately did have enough. And one man in particular, who was head and shoulders above everyone else on the park. One of my favourite players. Mathieu Bastereau. Bastereau. I love was it's, it's, I can honestly say that's the best game I've ever seen Bastereau. Yeah. I, I, really? I know, I know,
0: which yeah. is ridiculous. Like, let's just say this other thing about him. An international rugby player should not look like Matthew Bastero looks. But he's so outstanding. I mean, I've... Spoken. Imagine how good he would be! I, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> ten kilos of, of dead weight yeah. was, was was shed. He'd be that bit quicker. And it wouldn't have a I negative mean, effect.
1: I mean, I'm happy for him to get ten kilos
0: of extra good weight. That's what I'll yeah. Mean, like, like but you would... you If it was a prop that looks like Matthew Bastero, we'd be saying they look a bit out of shape. <laughs> he's an international outside centre. Yeah, in, it's, it's,
1: it's,
2: it's incredible that he can perform. It is,
1: mate. Like it's genuinely incredible. He does some... I mean, the knock on him is sometimes he switches off.
2: But yeah, I have seen games where he's just been walking around and completely disinterested.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, had, he had a carb crash. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, I
1: mean, uh, Mac, I think it's Matt uh, Gitto who was explaining that he is simply the best player in the world at uh, at a few certain things. You know, there are certain lines eating. that he can run. <laughs> yep, eating. Certain lines that he can run, you know, offloading through the tackle. And he's bloody brilliant.
0: Yeah, he really
2: and, is. So he's always been brilliant at that yep. when he's interested. The reason why I say it's the best performance he's ever had, it's one of the first times where I've seen the deft handling. Really? That, yeah, uh, I've that's not sort
1: of very very good
2: handler actually. I've not seen some of the some of the passes. Uh, there was one very quick hands mm. in midfield that I've just not seen it before.
1: Yeah, well, I, I mean, I always think about him like anyone who's criticising him. It is funny because of his body shape, blah blah blah. But they've not really bothered to study what he does, um, and there is a reason. I think he's got three European Cups to his name. You know, he's actually a pretty highly decorated player. Oh, I'm not criticising yeah. no, 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 No one in here is. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, you look through uh, social media and, yeah. you know, he has been uh, subject And because he's so unusual. I mean, would he play Freddie Jones? No. And probably rightly, rightly so, actually. You've almost got to build your team around what he does well. Uh, he's a
2: big factor, yeah. Um, and he's probably one of the highest paid players in Europe as well. Which is normally a good indication of whether someone's <laughs> yeah, whether someone's is. pretty good.
1: The market doesn't lie. Yeah, like, I tell you what, I can't wait to see, and I'm sure you guys can wait. But uh, what what's Owen Farrell going to do about Matthew Bastrow running down his channel? Because well, his tactic of hitting people really hard isn't going to work. <laughs> is it? He's going to have to actually tackle.
2: Um, they need. So this is this is a great point about England's back row, actually, because if you've got a super hard-working back row and well, you you probably need at least two of them. So, Rob Shaw, and, I, and I, Haskell, want say, I want to him. say, I want to say,
0: Robshaw came out of that game with credit for he, me. He was the only England forward that that actually went for it at the breakdown, and he he, he worked he, his nuts off. He did
2: work his nuts off. But I I think England need to to protect Farrell. They probably need at least two. So you need two of Haskell, Robshaw, Simmons. Underhill. Yeah. Armand un, un, Brendan O'Connor. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Brendan O'Connor look, had a good game he's, today. He's so good, isn't he? He's so yeah. good. Um
1: one of the curries. So you need kind of two of them. Mark Wilson. You're, well, I tell you what you can do. You can actually get two curries. <laughs> that, that is that is possible. You, <laughs> so you you need them to get into
2: that centre position. Kind of like Joe Worsley did yeah. ten years ago against Jamie Roberts. To just Put his body Get in there Every single chance he can And stop him Otherwise Farrell could get Badly exposed Let's say Farrell, Farrell Ford Joseph could get Badly exposed
1: Yeah and I think they, I think they might do On, on the weekend actually um, What else did I not like About this game What did I like What I didn't like about it is I loved the venue of Marseille I'd love them to yeah. play more games in Marseille I didn't like it wasn't so busy though There was a lot of empty seats and that Yeah that's me.
2: disappointing
1: isn't it I'd love them to say England to Marseille
0: Yeah That'd be absolutely electric yeah. I, yeah. Like, I like the idea of just taking games around more generally anyway
1: well, yeah. yeah Do you know what it works in some countries not in others I mean obviously the Celtic nations it's not going to work Because there's nobody else, nowhere else to play the dumb games You know you're <laughs> either Edinburgh I mean you could move a game to, to Glasgow to be fair You could do um, Yeah but
2: I mean, given that they're about forty miles apart,
1: yeah, it's got kind got of irrelevant and you know, blah blah blah, right? Um, England did try moving a game up to Manchester. It wasn't overly successful. I think they played one in Newcastle as well. Uh, well
0: the, 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 the game in Manchester was uh, Uruguay. Ba- uh, uh, well, no, yeah, no, no well, for the World Cup. Argentina her here as well, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Old Trafford yeah. and years ago at Old Trafford, they had uh, Ban- banners making his debut, I think, and Richard Cockrell going up to Norm Hewitt uh, and. Where was Go, Going up nose to nose at the hacker. Was, I'm pretty that, sure that was Old Trafford. Was it? Wow. Was it Anfield? No, it was Old Trafford.
1: Because there have been, there has been rugby played at Anfield as well. Notably, Wales played there. Really? Yeah, I think is it's. That, when the, is that going back? When the nineties? Yeah, when the Millennium Stadium was getting built. Okay. Wales played played Anfield at least once.
0: Oh, it, I, I enjoyed the ridiculousness of uh, France, Italy. It was. Kind of, it, yeah. It wasn't very good, though. No, that's it was. The, it wasn't. That's the
2: problem. There were there were moments of individual brilliance from both teams actually. Uh but there were far more moments of incompetence from both teams. Um I will also mention uh I thought Remy Grosso had a great game Yeah, he on is. the wing. Big strong. I'm, he's he's twenty nine. I was I thought he was some, like some youngster. Gabr
0: Gabrielag Gabrielag or Gabriel Gabriel I, I do not know how to pronounce the it. second row. Where's Eddie where's uh, where's Eddie Butler when you need him? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, French the, team names aren't my strong suit, I'm going to say.
2: The second row that wasn't giving away all the penalties. Yeah.
1: Yes. The one that isn't being penalised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Did France bring back their suspended players for next
0: game? Yeah.
2: I'm not... They might bring back some, but I'm not sure. So Teddy, Teddy Tomar would be great to bring back. Yes, he would. Pick'em is always great to bring but back. Teddy
1: Thomas versus uh, Johnny May on the wing should be electric. Yeah, that'd
2: it's, be good fun. No. Uh,
0: people keep talking about Italy, oh, their conditioning's much better. They're, they're, they're bad. Uh,
2: we, I've said this every single game. Italy have four or five very good players. Minosi, Boni, Negri, Parise. The rest of them are just average rugby players, average club players yeah. who are... Well, Zani's a decent player, but, but they, have,
0: they have their classic twenty-minute capitulation at the end. Yeah, just what Italy do. Just what are they going to do when Parise's not there? I'd get rid of him
1: personally because he's just too important. I think he's like a crutch for them. <laughs> like, you know, boys, you have to learn to live without him. You know, we're going to move. We're going to move on.
2: Yeah, I think he'll get to the next World Cup because it. Even his experience and his leadership and his captaincy is important. Is
1: it? For what? I mean, it'd be important if, if they were winning.
2: <laughs> if you would if ever, ever yeah. had an experience of winning a game.
1: Exactly. I mean, if these were like 50-50 arm wrestles and just needed you know experienced <laughs> captain to make the right call, is it line-out or points to win the game? By all means, pick him. <laughs> but I just don't see the point, though. Yeah. Mm. He, should, he, he should go to France and get a massive contract. Oh, hang on.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. It is incredible the number of tests he's played considering for virtually the entirety of his career in the rest weekends of the Six Nations he's been playing against Montpellier or Toulouse or Toulon. (laughs) So he's playing the Six Nations in over seven weeks. He's playing seven games in those seven weeks.
1: I mean, obviously he gets a lot of money in France. uh, But he wouldn't be a terrible signing for a premiership team wanting to make a major major splash for next season as the... um, Marquee player, player, yeah.
2: I think so. In terms of name and status, he'd be brilliant. I think you could probably, for a lot less money, get. Because I I do think I said it last year, and I was incorrect. I do think his performances this year have not been some of his brilliant
1: best. Mm. Yeah, the only only problem with him coming over here is where would he go? And the reason I say that is not he'd fit into any team. But at the moment, he's tall, he's handsome, he's ripped, <laughs> and he looks great in in the stud yeah. kit. Yeah,
0: which kit would he look best in? <sighs> which
1: I, we only deal with the important issues here.
0: Which Premiership kit would he look best in? Bath. Oh,
1: yeah, I, yeah
0: that's it. That's it. That's he'd it, got inc- it. He'd
1: look incredible in a Bath kit. I, okay, so let's construct the narrative now. Toby Falautal is out. He's going going to Dragons. Goes yep. back to yeah. They, they've got. Uh, an
0: eight-shaped hole, hole they need to fill, they and a marquee-shaped hole. Yeah. And to Lupe Falatal, how much he would have loved to have been playing for Dragons this weekend at whatever small club it was. Not actually at Rodney Parade. They played at a club, which Richard, <sighs> yeah. Co- Richard Cockrell complained that Edinburgh had to walk over a hundred meters to get to the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> From the club. and they were in some like hockey changing room. With the old school pegs, so I, nice. I, so I
1: quite like this. It, they've started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It to like so Falata-
0: clubs, Falatel's gone back to dragons. Yeah. Um, oh, it's that's a match made in heaven. Cause, oh, do you know what else? The, the advertising, the Roman baths. Oh, <laughs> oh perfect. I'm going to get on. The get hook. him in a toga.
1: Yeah. This
0: is
2: so. It's good. It's such a good fit. And uh, why aren't we in marketing? One for the future as well, Zach Mercer to learn from. Oh, yeah. One of the old-time Oh, time yes. Yeah.
0: That's... Oh, yeah, The, the
2: Apprentice and Put the... Put it
0: on my board. Three a Bath. Now, that is, that is a GB prediction that I can definitely get behind. I'm totally behind that one. Oh, that, that <laughs> should happen. There's no, and there's no other side that I would rather he... I would rather see him play for. I guess the, th- the only...
2: If he lived in uh, Manchester and played for Sale, perhaps. So I'm not particularly. No, that would sure be a great s- match. Seeing him, at,
0: uh, seeing it in a half-empty stadium, but, but next well, to a next to a sewage works, no, under the M60 well, bridge. Hold on, hold on. That's, I'm that's, f- that's that's not befitting of a of a legend. I'm, I'm, I, I'm more think thinking very, of. I
1: think you're very dismissive of major. Um, major city infrastructure there Tim I, in, oh, but I, don't, I don't think demeaning it, it is... the,
0: Ro- the Romans probably invented sewage <laughs> yeah. works. I, I don't think it any,
1: in any way enhances your, your reputation as a broadcaster or a person actually um...
2: to be honest I'm not thinking of seeing him at the AJ Bell I don't really care about that I'm thinking of seeing him at a bar
1: in Manchester oh yeah oh yes now, now, you're, now you're talking and you can also get to watch him now you can
0: use the Diamond Lane uh, to get to say. <laughs> yeah it's nice and easy and and actually, he would be one of the greatest ambassadors for rugby amongst the female fraternity of Manchester. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we need. Uh, Manchester's a city that could do with uh, people turning on to the wonders of rugby. Yeah, quite. Danny Cipriani's done his bit. <laughs> he did his
1: bit, yeah. T- yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah why, why, and Marlon
0: Yard now. Yeah. And why, don't, yeah, doing...
1: exactly. why don't we give Marlon Yard the <laughs> occasional night off? <laughs> <laughs> Marlon and Denny, <laughs> cut loose, guys. Come on James <laughs> Yeah James <will> come. Guys, <laughs> Call it a night It's loose <laughs> um, Right well, uh, well Where were we um, yeah, oh, so- it,
0: Italy France. The, the one stat That I think ties uh, it, England um, And Italy Two of the three Losers together Is Italy gave away 16 penalties England gave away 13 penalties yeah. uh, England also gave away 15 turnovers You, you can't Basically However good or bad not good. You are. You cannot win international rugby matches with stats like that. It, yeah. Which is uh, no no news, but it's
2: yeah. It should be no shock to anyone. No. That. No. And England, it is a real problem
0: now. Uh, That's ten against Wales, thirteen against Scotland.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's round the, off with this and for the, the internationals? I think England are going to have a torrid time under under Eddie. I think Eddie under pressure is going to really um, upset his squad, and I can't wait for the France game.
2: France game will be interesting. Did you see the Eddie, uh, well, any of his post matches? I saw it all of yeah. all. He um, seemed quite reasonable, actually. Well, so he came across to me it, 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 as if... very, very angry. Very angry. But he said the right things, as in, he, he didn't criticise his own players. He was very complimentary towards Scotland.
0: And he said, blame me. Yeah, In like the longer that. post-match chat, he said, blame me, it's my job to get them ready to play a game, and I clearly didn't do my job because they weren't ready. Uh, they weren't in the right frame of mind. So I think he thinks it's more. it was more of an attitude, and they just seemed like they weren't at the races in the first half. That's, again, once again, returning back to the start, that's in no way to take away from an outstanding performance because that was partly inflicted because Scotland was so on it. Scotland were exceptional. If only they'd... <sighs>
2: Uh, we're going back to the consistency but if only they played like that against Wales
1: they'd be in the hunt for a grand slam oh 100% 100% anyway yeah so downfall uh, hashtag us downfall 2018 it is happening it's
0: a thing now Uh, uh, do you know what if they they, uh, because going away to France is not easy and I think that's what this weekend has said uh, well no all three rounds so far have said home advantage in international rugby is massive Mm. It
1: is huge. Uh, who have Ireland got? Italy. No,
0: they've got Scotland. Scotland. Oh, that's
1: going to be nice. Scotland, Wales, Scotland
0: at home, and then they've got England away. Yeah. So again, What's Ireland in Dublin, it's fine. Um, but England going to France is going to be tough. Yes. And then England Twickenham. I see. I'm going. I, I want this. This is me willing it to happen. Scotland are going to sneak a win against Ireland. England will beat France and then all three teams can win the championship on the final ah, weekend. I
1: see what your mind is, I like that. That'd like, be great. What, as a, just purely from English point of view, is it better that Ireland lose against Scotland and then get a bit of a bollocking pre England game? Or is it better if they just sort of just go just, just go through? Which one do you do you prefer? So Ireland on a loss or Ireland on a great performance?
0: Hmm. Uh, uh, Ireland. If Ireland were on a loss and then lost to England, an Ireland team that lose two games takes the heat off uh, off, off England's failings. But that's not the point. It's not. Well, about.
2: It, yeah. And if Ireland lose, it means they no
0: longer have the JB Cup on the line. <gasps> so they would, oh yeah. They I mean that's huge. hard yeah. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's Eddie's game plan really.
1: But they mustn't be far <laughs> off from like how on? Did they win all their autumns? Yeah. Uh so they the last yeah
2: they they did win all their autumns last time they lost was it the first game of last season's six nations. So they're on about Oh yeah they lost oh, to Scotland they lost to Scotland yeah. at Murrayfield. No
1: they the also No with they? the bus
0: the bus late and everything. Was that them? Was it Scotland? They lost one of the early games last They lost they lost at Murrayfield when um, cuz it was the it was the one where the bus was late caught in traffic or something they weren't they caught them cold. Was that right? I think I think that is right. Let's I, have a look. Well, I think they Let me lost have a quick
2: Wales. look. Sco- yeah Scotland beat them first First round last time. 27-22. Ah.
1: So they are now on, uh, well, four games there, then three in the summer. Uh, yeah,
2: two or three in the summer because cause of the Lions. And then three or four. They
1: mustn't be far off that, that record.
2: So, oh, no, they're about 10 games off the record. Are they? Well, what is the record? 18. England. Uh, England, tied and, with England and New Zealand are tied both tied on 18, and they are 8 or 9 for... Okay. Ireland at the moment and
0: England have got to start all the way again I wonder how many games is the World Cup final would that be 19 from now for England <laughs> there we go that's what Sorry. it's all about <laughs> just just trying to win the JB Cup and the World Cup at the same oh, time imagine that <laughs> <laughs> two different stages <laughs> which one would they lift first yeah oh. Oh, they'd lift the World Cup first w- Yeah. And get, and, yeah. And, and and the... really
1: celebrate
2: yes right? <laughs> exactly get a the, get the little one out the way yeah drinking from the JB Cup so I'm
0: not I'm not signed up to downfall 2018 but I am concerned yeah. I am concerned and there there is certainly some merit to the points that you are making
1: yes there is Marcus Smith that's the next one here he comes <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if South Africa do get all their international players for June and England do rest some players then 3-0 is not beyond the realms of possibility to yeah, South Africa
2: I think some I think resting some players is a very good idea Particularly given that half the England team will be playing in the Premiership final, probably the week before the first Test is supposed to kick off.
1: Oh God, yeah, they will, won't they? Oh. Oh, let's assume it's Saracens, Ex- Exeter again.
2: Yeah. So there you've got, you've got uh, twelve. Yeah, it could it could be that many. At
0: least eight or nine. Oh goodness me. Uh, And with that, we will say that we will be talking about domestic rugby on the podcast, which is coming next in this feed. So hit subscribe, tell your mates, and let the boys play. Let the boys play.